Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We wanted to run a special episode with some of our favorite segments from the last few episodes of Winging It with Vince Carter and Annie Finberg. This is a podcast that's actually on its own feed. We think it's really good. We just thought we'd throw it on this Ringer NBA feed because obviously you love the NBA if you listen to the Ringer NBA show. We thought we'd throw it up over the weekend. Maybe you didn't know about the Vince Carter pod. Maybe you didn't realize that he has the kind of guests that he has. But this first one that we're going to play, this is from an interview that he did this week with Markel Fultz. So here it is. Winging It Podcast. To start your time with Orlando right now, we've seen obviously a lot of growth out of you just in your short time with the Magic. But talk about when you found out you were getting traded and just your excitement to join possibly a new organization. Uh, definitely. So uh, when I found out I was getting traded, I was actually in LA doing rehab, you know, uh, going... This is when I found out I had TOS, so um, I was attacking that um, full full uh, head steam. Um, and it was right before trade deadline, so I didn't really know what was going to happen, but uh, I wasn't really worried about it. You know, I said a prayer that morning, just, you know, wishing for the best. You know, wherever it happened, I just wanted an opportunity, and um ended up happening. And uh, it was to Orlando, and I was extremely happy. You know, as soon as I found out, um, I was thankful for everything that Philly done for me. But, you know, it was the next step in my journey, and I felt like it was a, you know, a clean slate and a new opportunity. So um, as soon as I found out, um, I got pulled out of my rehab, and, you know, I was immediately on the phone with John and Jeff. And um, they were extremely excited. And I think, you know, the first thing they said to me was, you know, take your time. And um, as soon as I heard that, that was like, you know, another click in my head, you know, and then that put a smile on my face, you know, because I didn't know what it was like. I never been traded before. I never knew, you know, how it happened, what goes on, um, if they were going to try to have me play right away. Um, so uh, that was the first thing that was going through my head as soon as I heard I got traded. But when they said that, you know, it just put a smile on my face and it made me work even harder that day in rehab. It was probably my best day of rehab because um, I was just excited for the, the, the journey and the steps. So um, from that day forward, you know, I was just locked in on getting healthy and um, couldn't wait to get to Orlando to meet them. I can imagine with that, with hearing that, that helps your transition. Now it's like very little pressure. Now yeah. I can concentrate on my body. I don't have to worry about all of the other stuff while trying to heal, yep. if you would, as well. So I can imagine you stepping in there now. It's like, okay, basketball will be there. We've had this conversation yeah. before, yeah. which we'll talk about later, but basketball will be there. Fix you first, and then everything. And I can see confidence in your game now yeah. because of it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, again, that was probably the biggest thing and, and the best thing that I heard. As soon as I got on the phone, that was the first thing they said. And That's it wasn't awesome. just with the, you know, the front office. It was from coach to, mm-hmm. you know, my teammates to, you know, the training staff. Everybody was on the same page. Nobody wanted to rush me. You know, everybody wanted me to, you know, make sure my body was right first. And um, for me, that was like huge because one, I love the game so much that I I might have tried to rush some things to try to get back. And mm-hmm. just hearing that, it made me have to sit back and relax and be like, Kill, make sure you're doing everything you need to do before you go back out there because, you know, everybody wants to see me do well and they want me to take my time. So um, it just my made will. everything a, a lot easier. Right. So I'm assuming that you saying that during your time in Philly, did you feel like you were constantly kind of, even on your own timeline, but being rushed to get ready, being rushed to come back, being rushed to be the player that, you know, they wanted you to be? Uh, definitely. And, and 
I put a lot of it on just me being a competitor that I am and the love that I have for the game, you know, um, being drafted number one, you know, it's a lot of expectation that comes with that. But it wasn't more so the people expectation that they had on me. It was the ones that I set for myself. You know, I had so, so many goals that I had for myself in my first year um, that, you know, I kind of just I wanted to be on the floor, you know, and I feel like I, I could have impact the game in other ways. You know, it's not always about, you know, shooting the ball and stuff like that. But it was a lot that went into it. You know, it, it, it has to go with your opportunities that you have and, you know, the skill that you do while you're in your opportunity. So um, I feel like the injury that I had, it, it didn't allow me to perform to the, the best of my ability in the situation that I was in. So um, it was it was it was tough for me because, you know, I was it was things that I wanted to do. But in the situation I was in, I wasn't able to do it. So I had to, you know, sit back and realize that, you know, I got to get myself right before I can, you know, try to be successful in a situation. And um, that's what I just had to do. And well, I was thankful that you allowed me the opportunity for us to have a conversation and be an outlet for you amongst everyone else that you have. And, you know, I remember one of the questions I I, I asked you, and I don't know if you remember it, you know, and and I I mentioned it earlier. I said, uh, I said, you know, I asked you what pick were you? And you answered it, the number one pick. I said, get yourself together, get your confidence together to show the world and yourself Mm -hmm. why they believed in you as the number one pick. And I remember you seeing you like, all right, you know, you know, we had our other yep, conversation yep. and I was just kind of happy to kind of see like, you know, whether you had doubt or not. At that moment, it turned the light on. It's like, you know what? All right. Let me focus on me exactly. first. And I felt like that's the energy I got from you. So with that being said, was there a point that you were really down and out and felt like maybe I'm not who they think I am? Did you ever get to that point? I didn't get to that point of not thinking I, I wasn't the number ability. one pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was more so, it was frustrating because I knew that something was going on with me. Mm-hmm. But again, my pride and my competitive nature wanted me to stay on the floor and try mm-hmm. to compete, you know, through, through all of it. And it just wasn't what, what, what was best for me. Right. You know, the best thing for me was get your body right. And And me growing up my whole life, you know, I've had injuries, but I've always played through them, you know, and at this point in time, you know, it's a business and you got to make sure you're straight first. And I'm I'm thankful for everything I went through because the one thing that I learned is no matter if it's your pinky, your big toe, you know, your knee, um, just communicating how you feel and how your body is, is a huge thing. And that's the most important thing because at the end of the day, you know, you got to invest in yourself and that's the only thing that's going to keep you going on the court. And I learned that early. So again, what you said it clicked in my head, you know, I didn't really have a lot of people thinking about that. It, it helped me, you know, just immediately start thinking about my body and mm-hmm. taking care of my body a, a different way. What did it mean to you to have, you know, a future Hall of Famer, what were you, 20-year player at that point in the league, to hear him, like, you know, kind of remind you of who you are and, you know, who you're going to be? Everything. It was everything because at the time... um, I kind of didn't have, you know, it was everything going on on the internet and everybody talking how they were talking, but I didn't ever doubt myself. It just, it helped me realize that, Kel, you you know, you're special to have the opportunity for God again to bless me to have, you know, a great, a great guy and um, somebody who's played that long in the league come to me and and just talk to me. He didn't have to do that. So um, it it was just like a sign to me to just lock in, you know, he's saying it for a reason. Um, And I looked at that and I reflected and it worked out. 
Yeah, he's a good, pretty good dude. <laughs> no, I mean, and it's something that I just felt like, and, and I talked to some of the guys in the organization, Mark Eversley, I'm a very good friend. I was yeah. like, you know, if he, if you were cool with it, I just, you know, just wanted to chat yeah. and just get it out there on yeah. the table, whatever you had to say. You know, sometimes it's like you have people around you that you're always willing to talk to, but sometimes it's just, it's cool when you feel comfortable and you can get it out on the table to somebody, someone else that's just a listener go for it. And I was like, Hey, I, I extended my hand in, in friendship and Hey, let's, let's chat. Let's talk. You know, I'd be real with them, but yet supportive and just give my opinions on, on, on some things. And like I say, if I can help just get that light bulb on to kind of turn the corner, I'm all for it. Like I said, I didn't want anything from it, but to see what we're seeing now, like his athleticism, his confidence, his game back to where you like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why they drafted him number one with this potential, you know. So it's just great to see more so than anything. All right, this second excerpt we're going to listen to, Vince and Annie talk to Kyle Lowry about what it was actually like to win the title. I was particularly interested in this one because I can't remember many players that completely altered their destiny over the course of uh, 24 hours like he did in that game seven. But here is that. start with your championship that <laughs> oh, you just right, won right. back yeah. last year at the end yeah. of the season. You guys had a very historic run to the championship. Obviously, you guys were counted out quite a few times. Looked like you were maybe going to lose a couple of the different series and you won the championship. Yeah. So just talk about that a little bit and just how it really felt at the end of the night to win that championship. I think, you know, going through that process of uh, the playoffs, right? That first round, like we lose game one. Everybody's like, oh, here we go again. Which is fine. And we put ourselves in that hole the last like six out of seven years. We always lose game ones. And um, it was like, damn, is, is it that again? But we literally went in the film room and Nick, that was like one of his three times that whole season yelling at us. Huh. I'm talking about he was, <laughs> man, he was going off. He was like, DJ Augustine looking like Alan Iris in nineties. <laughs> he went off on us. You and it was like, all right, all right, let's figure it out. We had great veterans, right? We had I was just about to say y'all are a veteran team. We had vets. And it was like, all right, myself, why, Kawhi, Danny, Mark, Serge, you know. We was like, all right, listen, let's let's figure it out, right? That's more veterans than most teams have around the league. And I'm gonna say this just while we're on that subject. Having veterans, people don't know the benefit of having veterans anymore. <laughs> and I'm not saying that, you know, in our G League, and we have our two ways in our G Leagues, and, you know, I understand they want to give everybody opportunities, but um, if you look at all the teams that have, that have won it, you know, us, the Warriors, Warriors, Cleveland, the Warriors, look at their teams, you know, vets, you know, RJ was on a couple of yep. them, yep. Sean Livingston, Iggy, Zaza, you know, you mm-hmm. got those guys that were bogey. You know, you got those guys that were on those teams. Get, just not, don't, don't get rattled easy. Yeah. No. And so throughout that process, right, you lose game one, you know, all right. But then after that game, you know, we, we won four in a row. Uh, kind of put our kind of defense and we kind of got serious. And um, and no disrespect, but I, our Philadelphia series was like, mm-hmm. that was the battle when y'all had the Philly series. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, Rocky and Mr. T, like just rumbling and rumbling and back and forth and back and mm-hmm. forth. And, you know, they, they won a game on our home court and they won another one. And then we won on their home court and it was best of three. And, you know, we get to, you know, we go back to Philly. They beat us in a game six and, you know, going to game seven. 
at your home, you know, that's what you play for. But any any type of something goes wrong is over. And, you know, we happen to, we were up, missed the free throw. Jimmy got the rebound. Coast to coast, we are out of position, make a layup. So everybody's like, oh, man, like, damn. And, you know, everyone knows what happens next. Kawhi. It really was crazy. He literally caught the ball. He ran, you know, when we did ring night, if you you ever see our ring night presentation for him, they replayed the whole play, Mm -hmm. but they did his footsteps. Right. So they did all his footprints from, like, start to finish. And he ran all the way back to the corner. And when he shot it, it was like, I mean, I hate to break, but like it was like your shot, but he shot it high. Mm-hmm. Like yours was going to the left, he was going to the right. You know, he probably you rather go left and he was going right. He was like, I just wanted to get to my spot. And when I talked to him about, it, he just and it just was like for everybody it was slow motion. And then when it hit the rim four times or three times, yeah. it really was. Let me ask so this question slow. from from there because um, I, I I think back and it's funny I talked to Doug Smith a couple yeah. of days ago, but the play. Was it set up for him to catch the ball where he caught it? It was for, it was for him to catch it a little bit more to the right. He had to come okay. and get it. Right, right, right. Because you know, in that situation, you ain't trying to Mark ain't gonna throw it back or for, he, for gonna, sure. he gonna throw for it sure. to like here. Yeah, like, yeah. Put it in his chest. So And he wanted to catch more in the middle of the floor where he has more space. And you can't get double and you can't, right. And and that's it was ISO. It was ISO. So crazy because the play was drawn up for me the same way to catch the ball up top. Tyrone Hill denies it there, which makes me cut to the baseline. I caught it. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So, crazy. I, I can't remember who was on Mark at the time. Um, so, Mark seven feet though. Who threw the ball in on yours? The guard. Yeah. Uh, so Dale Curry, maybe. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was a guard, and yeah. we had a seven footer throwing the ball right. in. So it's a little bit right. different, right. right? Mark throws it in, and he goes, and it looked like he just ran around the curly kneel and trying to find some space. And he just when he said, he told me he said, "Yeah, I just wanted to shoot as high as possible." And when I tell you, <laughs> it bounced on that rim. And I'm standing on, I, and I happen to be on the, like, I could see, I'm me and him on this side. Like, I could see him. And it hitting the rim. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I just ran and grabbed the ball. And I just ran straight. To, like, it was, Sick. it was a magical know. moment. Like, it was know. like, this might be meant for us to do something special, right? Mm-hmm. Then we go to Milwaukee. And then we lose game one. <laughs> uh, I mean, coming off a, a emotional high like that, we had the uh, game. Uh, I don't care if you're young yeah. or, or, or vets. That was unreal, and it's. I know it's like okay, that's it, done. It was two days focusing on the second. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Focusing on the second. That's tough to do. And you know it. And go through the playoffs. Right. It's literally all right. Done with Philly. Throw the book away. Yeah. Go back. Let's go to Milwaukee. All yeah. right. You got one day to prepare. Two days to prepare. And we we had to get you know game one. We were playing well. We. You know, we had the game and mm-hmm. they Brooke Lopez got hot. Yes, like, he did. Brooke got crazy and mm-hmm. making threes and this and that and all type of stuff, right? And so we lost game one. Everybody's like, oh, they wasted, you know, my good game. They wasted, oh, he's not going to have a good game. Like that. Honestly, then we lose game two. They came out and like steamrolled us. If you watch Milwaukee now, even now to this day, they are the best first quarter basketball team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. They average probably, they're probably like a plus 10, 15 in the first quarter. I don't know what the number is, but they're just that good in the first quarter and then at home. And after we lost game two, it was funny because I don't know if people can know Kawhi, but like if you can get Kawhi on your show, it'd be it'd be great. But he's just really that guy. Like like 
So the, the reporter was like, so where do you go from here? So I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to Toronto <laughs> for game three. <laughs> All right, this next thing we're going to play you is after Kobe Bryant tragically passed away, Vince and Annie reminisced, remembered, did the whole thing about Kobe, who Vince, he joined the league, I think, two years after Kobe joined the league, and they played against each other a bunch of times. They were in the same orbits. Here's what they said about that. Outside of the retirement stuff, is there anything that Kobe taught you both on and off the court that you continue to take with you? I mean, he always talks about his mama mentality and just, you know, I think that's one thing, you know, that I have appreciation. Like I said, he was, like I said, stone cold killer in his, um, in his career, during his career and talking to our owner, uh, Tony Wrestler, and he's like, hey, Kobe was pretty much the same way. In the business world as well. So for me, it's just. Oh, so he was a killer in the business yeah, world. Yeah, he was trying to get, going to get it. And, and I didn't either, you know, especially talking to him, like how happy he is, but like he's just, that's just a mentality he has. And if it worked in for 20 years on the basketball court, why not keep that same approach? So, um, that's one thing that I have an appreciation for is just kind of just having the mentality, being, having the go getter mentality and, how I appreciate uh, that I appreciate with him doing that. And, you know, it's always my, uh, what's going to be my approach. Like I'm, I'm approaching life after basketball now, like I did as a youngster trying to become a professional basketball player, full force, you know, just go get it. Don't accept anything, but what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, he's, he's definitely talked about that. You know, every video you talk about his, you see now is about that. And I have a great appreciation for greater appreciation for it and going to stick to it. Let's talk about AAU, but also have you seen the video that's going around on Twitter where just recently? Yeah. So high school. So basically, and you can tell the story after I kind of intro it, but Kobe's high school coach Hmm. told him that you, and I don't think this was true, that you once played through a game with a broken arm and it got him all fired up to play in the game? I did play in a, with a broken arm. Oh, so you yeah. did? Yeah, it wasn't state championship. <laughs> but so he it said was, it wasn't uh, state championship? It was, that, it was um, that year. So tell us what actually happened there. Uh, no, I, I played in in, in, um, in Myrtle Beach, Beach Ball Classic. I was on a fast break and this little kid, little white kid, runs me down. Like, I'm going to dunk it by myself. As I jump up, he runs me down. He clips the back of my leg, and I flipped over, flipped backwards but sideways, and I kind of landed on my right right hand. And um, I'm not going to even get continued, but the, the the bone sticks up on your wrist right there. Yeah. Broke that. Ugh. Yeah. And it was it was like back here somewhere, like moved up my arm. And at first, it was like, oh man, it hurts. Like you know, you don't know, and then you're playing. So I played. So left-handed. you just kept playing. I played left-handed. Oh my God. The rest of the game, <laughs> it was painful. Did you win? Yeah, we won. Okay. And the funny thing about that story, so I played, and I think I think played that game. I might have played one more game until they were like, hey, no, we're not going to let you do this, you know, because of, you know, you have all these college opportunities. We want you to heal correctly, blah, blah, blah. Mind you, I was going to play football that year as well, the quarterback. So at that time, when I got to the doctor, because I, the, I kept playing, and he's like, you're going to have to choose. You can't play both. Right. It's like, all right, I'll choose a sport. <laughs> Chose basketball. But the funny thing about that night after the game, uh, we won the game. 
we're in our uh, our hotel room, all of my teammates or whatever, and uh, uh, sitting on the, all of a sudden you hear like a knock at the door. And it was kind of one of those hesitant, it wasn't like a knock, it was like a, okay, they're not there or whatever. I opened the door. There it was, the kid who ran up under me <laughs> at the door. So, so all of my, my teammates, they were pissed and they wanted to kind of, well, all of them, yeah. you know, it's one of those. And uh, our center at the time, Desmond, he was, um, who's still my friend today. He was just at a couple of games uh, recently. He was like, yeah, who is that? He was like, I was like, you know, as I'm looking through the people, I'm like, I think that's the kid that, you know, whatever. So as the door opens, you see him, but in the background was his other teammates for like backup, just in case we beat him up. Like it was just, <laughs> just it was funny, but it was like, all right, it makes sense. He's like, hey, I just want to say sorry. I didn't, you know, I hope you heal. And I, I wasn't trying to do anything, you know, harm you and nothing malice, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember much. You know, I was outside. I was like, you know, cool, whatever. Door closes and we kind of had a conversation about it. Funny, you know, whatever. It's like, man, he showed up. But I, I mean, if if that happens to me and I'm going to someone else's hotel, I'm not going by myself either, just in case right. these black dudes <laughs> jump on top of me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, it was a cool story. And then I took my visit to Carolina right after that because I was in South Carolina. So I was just going to take my one of my, I think my unofficial visit. Yes, yeah, I think it was unofficial visit there. So I'm in there with a big old cast, me and my high school coach. And so then Kobe's uh, high school coach told Kobe and the rest of their team about the story and maybe lied about it a little, a little bit. fabrication. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just added a little detail yeah. to it to motivate him mm-hmm. to win this game. Yeah. So. So, hey, whatever works. Yeah. Whatever you've, works. You've had your, you've, you, as much as he has on you, you've had your hand on his career. Hey, well, here's forever. what's crazy. Think about this. Like, he didn't look that up on social media. Right. Because <laughs> there was no such thing. You know, how do, how do you hear, hear that story? And they're in... Pennsylvania. Right. That took place in South Carolina. I'm in Florida. So it's like, it, it just, it's crazy how that story got out. Uh, but no, we, like we played against a bunch of teams from different places. Jermaine O'Neal was, uh, one, was in that tournament. Tim Thomas was in that tournament. There's a couple of other guys who, who, you know, who we know who, are, who became pros, um, was, was in that tournament. So somehow that story got to them. It's cool. So this was before you guys played AAU together or after? That would have been, it would have been that summer. Because that was my junior year. Yeah. So he's like, oh, you're the guy with the broken wrist. <laughs> so tell us about your AAU days and kind of what Kobe was like back in his teenage years. Well, leading up to it, I ended, I played Team Florida uh, a lot. And, and at the time, the best players in Florida were not playing AAU. Because in that time, football was dominant in the state of Florida. It was a football state. So typically in, on high school basketball teams in Florida, you had four guys probably playing football and they would come over late. So I guess that was kind of the case or whatever. And so I, I played a few and just was like, all right, I want to play and win. Like we were, mind you, T Mac was on a few of those teams on the younger team. Didn't know it at the time we were cousins. Right. We were, but he was on those te- those younger teams. I go to five star camp uh, a couple times. Met Tim Thomas, and we became very good friends. He and the coach Jim Salmon and um, hit it off. And he's like, "Well, hey, if you if you're not playing on your team, we'd love to have you." Tim's like, "Yeah, well, come play with us. Like, you can stay at my house. You can stay. We got places for you to stay." <laughs> so I play in a couple of tournaments, whatever, whatever. Next thing you know, like, well, if you 
they called me they called me Sunshine at the time, you know, Florida State from Florida <laughs> Sunshine. And then it went from Sunshine to when I got back, like I became VI, short for Vince. Like everybody had a nickname at some point. They were like, Well, hey, if you're available, come on back. So I started playing a couple of tournaments and then we started going to the bigger tournaments. I wanna say it was the first big tournament. We played the first game without Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, and then he comes the second game. And or maybe he did, he didn't play much the first game, and I think his dad was like, "Hey, come on, man, this this is my kid. He can play yeah. and whatever." So we incorporate him at the point guard, and he comes in lanky and shooting. He start he's coming to half court shooting from half court, and he was just shooting air balls. And then he'd come <laughs> this next time he shoot it, he hit the rim. The next time he'd make them. Like he would make a few of them. We we're like, Bro, I mean, we had Tim who was six ten. Super athletic, you know, I was athletic or whatever, and Kobe was athletic, and Rip was just running around doing what he does, shooting. Like, it was just, we had, we were beating people by 50, 60, 70 points. <laughs> so, at, you know, I mean, taking a couple threes at half court wasn't that bad. It's just like, all right, bro, you're tripping now. So and these were in game. He was doing half court in shots. game. <laughs> We'd get the rebound and get a block, or he'd get a steal and just half court shot, whoop, and he'd make a few. But, they weren't like showboating. He was confident enough to where he felt like he could knock those shots down. And our team was so gifted. Tim Thomas was 6'10", 6'11", who could play the point guard. You know, I played some point with my team. So I, everybody ha- w- w- was capable of just ball handling and everybody could get their own shot and break guys down. And nobody wanted to guard, rip off of screens, i.e. if you ask anybody in the NBA who had to guard him, say they hated guarding him. It's just... We're so talented. And that's just the big, big names. We also had um, a couple of guys who actually played ACC. John, Donald Hand was a point guard at Virginia. Uh, right uh, during my time, maybe the, my last year. So he he was very capable. He was very good. We had some other guys that were local who were just studs. I mean, New York, New Jersey basketball is crazy already. So we were very talented. I mean, we played against teams. We were beating teams that had like Elton Brand. Was on a few of those teams. Uh, they were all young, so we, we just, it was just, we beat people. Unfair. Yeah. We were beating people in a hurry. It was out of control <laughs> early. This last piece we're going to play from Winging It is Vince and Annie talk to Lamar Odom about all kinds of stuff. Here's one piece from that. I mean, Mark Cuban, he ain't have no reason to be jealous of me, but I didn't know if it was the cameras because I was still shooting a reality show. And this was the first, my first time dealing with an owner that's doing interviews before the game. So I didn't really understand, you know, his approach, you know, with with dealing with me. But he he knew that the cameras were going to be there. And, you know, I, was, I asked him, of course, to have the cameras in the locker room. He had to say, he had to approve of that. I mean, I think we both probably could have handled it better. I just wish, you know, I wish I was um, more understanding. I mean, I understand that he putting his product out and he, he paid me well. That was hard to adjust to. Was it just you that he had this weird relationship with? Or is it is he kind of just like that? I don't know him. No, I mean, what, Mark Cuban? Yeah. Well, he said, he said, well, let me, before you answer, he he's saying like he wasn't used to the type of Ownership. Owner, owner that he yeah, is. Like, right. he is. So I'm saying, is that him? Engaged. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could, I could yeah. rather, I would probably rather him do it conservatively through because the media. Used, yeah. You know what I mean? To be like, okay, we need LO to play better, but not 
on live stage. Like, like you tell, he's like when you play like Cuban, like you know where our bench is, in, in cursing the, me out on the first row of, when I'm on live stage. I was like just, front row. It was just it was it was hard for me just to like get used to that period. Like, yeah, just humble myself down to that degree where my owner is. At the time, I felt like he wasn't for me. Right. But of course, he is for me. But he didn't make it. And I don't, if I can remember, he didn't really like pull me to the side and just and say, Lamar, don't worry about me. That's just who I am. If he'd have gave me one of those, then maybe it would have been easier. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Yeah, got you. Now I, I got see, you. I, I just know that you into your, you know, your team winning and losing. And the way I'm playing, I'm not helping them win games. And of course, in sports, that's not one guy you want to make as your enemy. Right. It's a very powerful young man. And I just wish I could have just adapted a little bit. I wish the New York City street kid could have just came out and just wiped it off. But I mean, there was a very um, vulnerable time in my life. Do you think he was going with like the tough love aspect, like maybe trying to light a fire under you or something? I'm going to say Cuban, that's like Mark. Mark is all in for his team. And it's whether it's at a player to motivate, like sometimes he's like, come on, man. And you'd be like, whoa, whoa. He'd be like, come on. Like, you can do it. Like, yeah. like yo, chill. Like that's I'm, him. I mean, well, and if you don't know him, you're not used to that. Yeah. That can get you. Like the first year, like dealing with that, you're like, mm-hmm. bro, what's up with man? Like, well, what's crazy is that I played for Pat Riley. Okay. And so when I signed with the Heat, I thought my name was motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, motherfucker, huh? You calling me? Like it was no, because he let me know where he was coming from, from the day I met, to the day that I signed my name on a piece of paper. He let me know how tough it was going to be to play on that team and to um, to be led by him. I don't know. I, you know, because, you know, Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban, they come back as extra laid back. And then so to go from that to playing bad right away, it was it was tough. But I just wish I would have handled it a little bit different. You talked about an incident that you and Mark had on the bench in your book. There's a quote you said, I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that Vince Carter saved me from catching a charge and ending oh, my career in the career locker room. Oh, <laughs> talking in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, we were playing, we were playing in, in Memphis, um, the Grizzlies. And it, it was another um, bad start of a game for me to rev me up. He nudged me, but he did it with his foot. So he kind of like just. Come on, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, in my shin. And I was just like, mind you, I'm sitting like, yeah, he's sitting like right, right next to me. He's sitting there. I'm sitting right there. And I just like, I mean, just so much went through my head. Like, I'm a young black man. You just, I mean, you know, I'd rather you just, I don't know. I just think he could have handled that a little differently. Yeah. You know, I I respect him. He's a great businessman. I just think that was the wrong move. And I probably was like two seconds off his ass. They it probably would have been like a. Latrell Sprewell moment. Like my career probably would have been like no nobody would have probably would have wanted to deal with me after what I was thinking about doing to him. What did you see, Vince? And like how did that, this go down? You know, I mean, because it was so, so I think it was probably built up from how he was treating me. So I'm thinking like, damn, would he do that to J Kid? Would he have did that to Dirk? Probably not. And and the thing about it is it what caught him off guard, I, I remember vividly is like when it happened. You know, you know, sometimes when you're like, I can't believe it happened. So let me just see somebody's <laughs> face for yeah. confirmation. Yeah. And it's like, and my face was like, oh. So just to close the loop on the story, he nudges you with his foot and your leg. 
you see Lamar react and maybe about to do something. And what do you do, Vince? Well, I was just kind of sitting there, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, he said what he had to say back, like, basically, have you lost your mind? Are you serious? Don't put your feet on, you know, like how it is. And, you know, they're going back and forth saying their, you know, displeasures. And then all of a sudden he went from six one to six ten. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean just like he stood up. And he, I was like, all right, that's when we, you know. Well, just think about it like this, Vince. If you were playing, let's say, with Tim Thomas. Right. He was a big dude, strong right. dude. Right. And he was having a bad game. And this is your friend. And you're having a bad game. And he's like, yo, Vince, come on. And kicked you. You'd be like, you wild. The <laughs> fuck are you doing, bro? <laughs> right, like, right, 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 right. Not that. I'd rather yeah. him be like, yo, come on, yeah, man. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like, push my shoulder yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it was erratic, but I forgave him. And, you know, I hope he could forgive me for sharing that story. But, you know, sometimes I, I, I don't want to um, hurt anything that he's built or hurt any relationship with any of the players that he has now or for for them to look at him different. Right. I'm going to add to this. I don't know if you remember, you know, right after this. So, you know, whatever is all is done. It came out the next day that <laughs> L.O. and Dirt got into a fight at halftime. So that's what kind of smoothed it out later on because like we f- flew back, ha 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 about it. You know, it was done. What was done is done. But then it was like, people start, the whispers talking about like he and Dirk got into it. Like, all right, you know, so we can laugh about it. And it was easier to move on. It helped everything instead of it coming out as the two of them, obviously going to come to him and try to pit the two together. So I think it ended in the day. It worked out by people not knowing what was up. Vince, not Basically exactly. saved Mark Cuban for getting fucked up that day. If, I mean, if you yeah, want to just I keep mean, it all, you just like, hello, chill. Man, like, <laughs> man like, it ain't worth it. Not that one. Not, yeah. we, not him. <laughs> but you like this, you know, like any big brother would do yeah, at just, that time. We'll backtrack really quick. We'll go back to your time with the Lakers. I'm sure those were some of the glory years for you. Obviously, two championships. Humbling to those times with the Lakers. They were, it was, you know, humbled myself, you know, to win a championship. What about that first time? Like when you going through the playoffs, what year was the first one? 2009. So you're in the finals and you know, I mean, you got that squad, y'all playing lights out. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I already know y'all felt mm-hmm. like there's nobody that can beat y'all. Not a, at that point, I knew nobody was going to beat us because and this is why I like to see, um, I think the White Howard and his um, professional journey is coming a long way. And I really mean it's because I remember the, the the before the first game, he was like joking around with Andrew Bynum. I don't and he probably don't remember it, but you know, I can remember it. And at this time, I'm thinking he probably gonna be like, man, and get out of my way. I'm dunking on you, I'm blocking That's your finals. shot. I need that. Get out of here. And he was joking around with Andrew Bynum. And so when I seen it, I was like, you know, we got the Mamba on our team. Like, they don't have, they don't stand a chance. So when I see him now, like, so focused, willing to do anything to win basketball games, come off the bench, block shots, rebound, knock you over, dunking off the rebound, you don't got to give me the ball first, give me the scraps. I'm like, okay, I, I think he gets it. And um, I, if he keeps playing like that, I think he's probably one of the reasons why I favor the Lakers to win a championship. I mean, because they got, I mean, they got everything. The way LeBron is playing right now, you got AD playing. Out of this, you got out of this three rim protectors. You got three rim protectors. So you're going to have to beat them from the outside, which really doesn't happen a lot unless you, you know, Golden State Warriors. 
the old Golden State Warriors. How do you compare that Lakers team the first year that you won, either this year's Lakers team or other kind of super teams in the past? I know I know we had a special team, I mean a special player in Powell. The triangle offense is really intricate. It's not easy to get. Right. And I remember the first game that I played with Powell Gasol, I felt like I played with him like I've been playing with him because he's one of the only players that you could put in the in, in the post, give it to him, and then he turns into the point guard. And he see everything. From the post. So really, it's perfect. he was perfect fit for the triangle offense because we just started off dumping it to him, and then he just hitting all the cutters. Uh, and then got you so off balance because he's hitting the cutter here, hitting the cutter there. Fake one, then he going to take jump hook. Or the fade away. <laughs> and then left, right. Right. Fade away. I knew Powell was for real because I could remember him always you know, playing against Kevin Garnett and them going like neck to neck every time. And, and Kevin Garnett is one of the players I've always been impressed with the most in the NBA. You know, his his um his his engine and his knowledge of the game is incredible. His commitment to defense and his commitment to, you know, shutting his man down and going at him. I think it was the first year. So th- 2008. February 5th, 2008 was his first game as a Laker. So we won the championship in 2009. 2008, 2009. Yeah, so. So that's the first year. That's his first year, right? No, the first year. That's his first year? 2008 finals against the Boston Celtics. So he played in that. Oh, no. Oh, he played. So he played. Okay, yeah. So he played. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, but the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we got the same result with him in that short period of time. He, like, put us over the the hump. And this was before all the, um, the super teams were um, put together. I mean, at, at that time with me, Powell, and I think at that time we lost to Boston, I think me, Powell, and Kobe were like the go-to. And then we added Andrew with Powell down low, and that kind of like just made us bigger and stronger down low. Did you play just, in small forward then? Yeah, and that just kind of like put us over the hump. Of all your years in the NBA, were the Laker years, were those some of the best memories you have? That's when I won the most. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I when I got when I was drafted by the Clippers, they had a wild team back then. Yeah. That Clipper team. At bro, that, I remember. At that point in my career, that's when I, you know, just was able to roll the ball out and play. Tyrone Nesby. Yeah, but I think because of the way I played and how unconventional it was for a guy my size to be able to Handled the ball like I would probably say like a point guard at that time, and you know to be six nine, six ten, and they had too many of them. Yeah, was used to it outside of Magic, obviously. Yeah, maybe you know, besides Magic, that, but but I kind of came with my New York playground style of play at that size. I don't think it's probably. I don't want to big myself up, but I don't really think it's at that it time. It was many, never really. It wasn't too many guys who like Tim Thomas had it. He didn't use it like yeah. he didn't get to use it like yeah. you did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. I mean, there were times I I played the point guard position and I started at point guard, even when I was with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. I just imagine, like... That's crazy. Yeah, there were some games I started at point guard. I think, matter of fact, I think the game where you had that... (laughs) (laughs) I think I might have started at the point guard that game. Um, Unreal. Didn't you dunk on all the candy that game too? I mean, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't I don't really think people were like really used to seeing a, a basketball player play the way that I played. 
So he was like what Ben Simmons is doing now. Yeah. Before, yeah. obviously, Ben I Simmons can shoot as far it, as know, like. I could shoot it from deep. Yeah. I just, I mean, I was blessed, really. If I would have put the effort to being good or, or being great and, you know, not letting my disease of addiction get in my way, I, there's no doubt in my mind. I, you know, I probably felt short because I would say falling short, not making a Hall of Fame is probably falling short for me for how talented I was. I'm really just lucky enough to, you know, be here. Even though that, you know, that, that day that I fell into a coma, I didn't do drugs that night. So I heard you talk about that in an interview that you didn't do drugs the night that you went into a coma. How yeah. how do you, your doctors think that that happened? I don't know if I don't know if they were slipped it to me or. Slipped it to me intravenously, but I swear to God, I didn't do drugs that night. So you could imagine for me, extra confusing, not knowing how you got there. It was hurtful. Thinking to myself, you know, why would this man do that to me? When I woke up, I couldn't walk or talk. So, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of ball players, you know, when I seen Vince, oh, what's up? It's love. I mean, because they, they know where my heart is at and they know the type of dude I'm, that I am. And so, you know, when, when dudes show me love, I, I know where it's coming from. It's genuine. But, I mean, I, I didn't do drugs that night. So, I, you know, I could have, I could be bitter behind it and say, you know, why did that have, have to happen to me? But, I mean, you know, every loss is not a loss. You could take the L as a lesson. My lesson to that was, like, don't go, to, don't hang out in brothels. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Surround yourself with good people at all times. And I, I guess that's what I'm trying to do now. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can listen to Wing It with Vince Carter and Annie Finberg on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. Check that out. Thanks for listening to this little sneak preview and enjoy the Ringer NBA show. Go Celtics. Celtics.